I mean, excited to be a small part of, you know, those seasons with him. And it's going to be a special time, obviously, for him and his family, but really for everybody that's been involved with it. Ah, Coach Biedenboe, uh excited about the Baker Mayfield. And I would say that he was not a small part of it. I think that his offensive lines in the end of 15, 16, 17, and 18 were the main catalyst for Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray winning the Heisman Trophy. You agree with that sentiment? I I don't know how you can disagree with that sentiment. Um, We've seen an OU offense since then with average to below average offensive line play and see what it looks like. And we've seen Baker with average offensive line play and seeing that uh, he's pretty human when he doesn't have that great protection. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I do agree with that. Yep. It's funny whenever you – watch a Baker Mayfield highlight, and I'm sure they're going to have them um, coming up this this weekend before the statue's unveiled. I want everyone to watch and see how many times he's standing in the pocket for an extended amount of time with no one anywhere near him throwing the football. It's shocking to watch how good that those offensive lines were. I don't, really cool. I don't think he probably ever had a touchdown pass that was from center to his hands um, in less than three seconds. <laughs> it, it does seem like every touchdown pass he had, it was, you know, five, six seconds after the ball was snapped. Right. Yeah. Um, I I agree. I agree. Uh, it's it's going to be cool, though. I think Kyler Murray's going to be there. Yeah. I've um, – since we had that conversation yesterday, I feel like I heard someone else say that he's on the guest list. So I hope so. I really, I, I really hope he's there. He should be. I was, um, I was handed a note with a list of former players expected to be in attendance, and the list. Now these are former players that go like of uh, uh, all time, right? And. The, take a guess at how many's on this list. Uh, sixty-nine are on the list. Great guess. A higher. I'll give you one more. Ninety-seven. Know, Ninety-seven are on the list. No, and I know of a couple more that are going to be there that are not on this list. Two hundred and thirty-one. Seriously? Like that's yeah. who? Like that was who was invited or RSVP? They're showing up. These are – this is a list of guys that are ex- expected to attend. Wow. That's going to look like a, a an old national championship game with all those people on the sideline, like a USC-Texas when it, the place was just flooded with people. That's awesome, man. That's that's great. Yep. Yep. And there's guys, obviously, from every era. Um, I, here's one that – I have I've got to go seek this man out. I have never met him, but it says he is expected to attend. George Cumby. Yeah, we talk a about lot about that. him. Yeah, for sure. Um I it doesn't sound like the newer generation of OU fans know what he's really about, but 
you know, you could talk about the new school guys all you want, even going back to Boz when it comes to best linebackers ever. You don't have a great discussion about best linebackers ever at OU if you don't include George Cumbie. And not even just include him. Like, that needs to be one of the first names out your mouth. Yep. Uh, Bosworth name is on the list. Good. Expected to attend. Good, man. Yeah, um, it seems like they're really – OU's going to put their best foot forward when it comes to a recruiting weekend. Um, I, yeah. I think we all believe that there's going to be a, a really big crowd. I think that they're going to be engaged. We know how Burt Vittables is in those situations. you got a Heisman Trophy winner getting a statue. All the former players that are going to be back, it's they'll have a really nice showing, strong showing. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Kenny Stills. Uh, Are they going to put all those guys list. on the sidelines or put them in the stands? I I think they're going to be at least on the sideline um, at some point. I don't know that they're going to be there the whole time. I, I don't know. But I do think they're going to be on the sideline for at least some some period of time, maybe before the game or, or whatever. So, yeah. I. <laughs> I was asking earlier, like the the is the atmosphere going to reflect the most anticipated spring game we've ever seen? And not that it's gonna be, you know, Death Valley at night. The place isn't gonna be shaking after the first touchdown, but I don't know. I I feel like it's gonna have a little bit more energy in the place than it normally does for a spring game. Just because of yeah. the excitement and everyone that's gonna be there, Baker, all that and everything else. Yeah, I I think there's there's so much going on that I feel like there's going to be more buzz really than than anyone that I can remember. Like okay, so when Lincoln took over for Bob, it was post spring game, so we already had a season to go to. Like that didn't really create any buzz the next year, right? Except I mean, you had buzz because Kyler was taken over, but that day was really hammered by weather was that bob was bob's statue that day too it was 18 like it, was. it was 18 or 19 man I, I don't remember the exact year you could be right about that um but you really haven't had at least as long as i can remember like this many like whenever we have a new quarterback taken over and spring's going to be the first time you see him as a starter that's that's a buzzworthy spring game right well, we've got that. Um, if you had a new offensive coordinator taking over, well, that's buzzworthy. We've got that. Uh, if you had a new defensive coordinator taking over, that would be buzzworthy. We've got that. Uh, new head coach. Uh, you've got a statue, Heisman statue unveiling. I mean, there's, there's just a big recruiting weekend with a bunch of different recruits that are going to be in. Uh, former players, Adrian Peterson, Kyler Murray, a bunch of the, the, the current superstars that you know play to OU that are in the NFL are going to be there. That's buzzworthy. You've got all of these different things going on at the same exact time, which, you know, I guess another thing I'll say, which is weird, weird to put it out there, but I, we've got no restrictions going on for COVID crap which I don't know the last time we had a spring game where that was the case. So you combine all of that stuff together, well, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it's by far the most energetic, 
highly uh, attended spring game that Oklahoma's ever had. I mean, frankly, I'll be massively disappointed if it's not. Yeah. Um, so I think someone's being funny, but it kind of sparks an extremely interesting idea. Someone says, uh, you want to make it exciting? Free pizza to the winning team for all the fans. What if, Teddy? What if you did or had a scenario where you op- only opened up the lower bowl? I guess you could do it either way. But you did it like medieval time style, and, and you separated <laughs> the stands. One side was the red team. One side was the white team. And whether it be free pizza or a free T-shirt, you win something if your team representing your side wins the game. That's how you yeah. make it a, a legit atmosphere. Yeah, whenever you, like, scan your ticket, Whenever you come in, it designates you yes. as either red or white, uh, and that's who you so cheer for. Awesome, yeah. That that would be a lot of fun. I don't know if they've ever thought about that or not, but that'd be sweet if you could ever pull it off. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I think we may have uh, Joe Washington next segment. How about okay. that? Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Um, that'd be amazing, actually. We were supposed yeah. to have. So, <laughs> let me tell you a quick story. So it's been scheduled all week long, and we've promoted this, that uh, he was going to be on with us today at 5 o'clock. So, you know, we've been saying, well, we got Bob on on Tuesday, Baker on on Wednesday, we're going to have Lil' Joe on on Thursday. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. Well, the phone rings at 5 o'clock yesterday, and I'm expecting Baker Mayfield to be on the other side, right? It was not Baker Mayfield, it was Joe Washington. (laughs) <laughs> and Teddy, in any other scenario, I would say, whatever, um, it's not the day that we were told. Maybe there was a mix-up. When Lil' Joe calls you, you have him on. We're just going to have him on regardless, you know, whatever. I had to tell hey, him, I- like, man, we got Baker coming on. I'm sorry, we were told tomorrow. And he handled it like like the cool dude that he is, and he just said, all right, well, tell Baker I said hi. <laughs> That's like, okay, <laughs> hopefully we'll talk to you tomorrow. That's funny. Yeah, and uh, there had to be a little panic going on for you, too. Like, Oh, yes. Uh, yes, there was. There's probably a busy signal right now coming through for, for Baker. But, no, that's good stuff. Um, really cool. Really, really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, And I don't know. I've, I think they've put out some of the format stuff. Are we doing anything, like, out of the ordinary? Like, I know – like you mentioned, Texas is doing like a red zone contest, and like we've seen different things like that in the past. Is there anything like that going on? Unless they change something up later in the week, I, I feel like it's just a pretty standard spring game with standard scoring, and just Dylan Gabriel's going to play for both teams. Yeah. I feel like that's the case. Perfect. Um, well, text line wants to know if Hunter Wall is on the list. Um. <laughs> I will say it's very doubtful, but let me let me take a look at the list. Let's see, Hunter Wall. No, Hunter Wall. No, okay, sorry. Well, maybe he'll be a late addition. Is Sam Bradford <laughs> coming? He always seems to be incognito. Ooh, what if I told you that there was a Sam Bradford on the list? What would you think about that? I think I'd love that. I think I'd be a big fan of that. Is the deal on Friday night a secret? That's a text. What's the deal on Friday night? Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know what the it must be a secret because I don't know about it. I'm I'm sure they're gonna have some sort of a dinner for him and his family, right? Like some sort they'll they'll have some sort of a get together on Friday nights. I I think there is I think there's an event from like maybe five to seven or something like that on Friday night, but I don't know what it is or where it is. I mean it's a secret to me, but I don't know that it's a secret to anyone else. Yeah, I know what you're right. saying. So, all right, let's hit a quick timeout. Uh, Joe Washington coming up next. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Landers, we're driven to serve. We're committed to supporting our community and everyone in it. That's how, together, we all make a difference. From the go-getters and the all-nighters to the frontliners and early risers, all the real do-gooders. And you'll feel good about new Ram truck deals during Ram Truck Month and how easy it is to find the right vehicle. If you don't see exactly what you want, we'll find it. Pre-order online or right from our store today. Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman is driven to serve. At Riverwind, we put our hearts into everything we do. Our promise is simple. We're the best. You're simply the best. We promise you all the best new gaming experiences. We promise you the best food, drinks, and service. The one place with the rewards program of your dreams. That's what makes us number one. Only at the one. Hi, this is Jesse Wells. And I'm Katie Wells, and we're the owners of Wells Christmas Tree Farm in Norman. Our family is once again excited to host one of the great holiday traditions, finding your family's Christmas tree. That's right, and the excitement begins on Friday, November 26th at 10 a.m., Saturday from 10 to 6, or Sunday from noon to 6. Plus, we will have Sundays with Santa. So come sip hot cocoa and hunt for your tree, or just relax and enjoy homemade pumpkin cookies by the fire. Come see us at Wells Christmas Tree Farm, 4091 East Franklin, or visit our website, wellschristmastrees.com. And from our family to yours, happy holidays. Are you looking for the kind of OU apparel you can wear at work or dress-up events? The Jimmy Austin Pro Shop carries the best brands like Tommy Bahama, Peter Millar, Travis Matthew, Footjoy, Greg Norman, Polo, and most recently the popular Lululemon clothing line. Open seven days a week. It's the best shop around whether you're a golfer or not. If you need corporate special orders, they can do that too. Come out and shop or call the Pro Shop at the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club at 405-325-6716. Caring for an aged loved one can be challenging. Let us help your family. At Arbor House Assisted Living and Memory Care in Norman, we offer a safe and loving environment with a full-time licensed nurse, medication assistance, emergency call system, along with housekeeping and laundry services. Come tour our beautiful community. Call 405-292-9200 or visit us online at arborhouseliving.com. We want to help your family so you can be part of ours. Auto Image USA, Central Oklahoma, and Norman's home for the best in car, boat, and RV detailing. Let Mike Miller and his gang help you out with one of their many services, plus roll and lock truck covers, window tinting, custom wheels and rims, detailing, and paint correction. Auto Image USA also carries the best brands in audio, such as Kicker, Wet Sound, Pioneer, and Sony. Call Auto Image USA at 405-321-4444 or go by and see one of their experts at 2701 Northwest 36th Avenue in Norman between Rock Creek and Tecumseh. Wake up with Toby Rowland. Not much to talk about. We'll figure out a way to cobble our way through three hours. And T.J. Perry. (laughs) What a bomb. (laughs) What a complete bomb. The T-Row in the Morning Show. 
It's what a sports show sounds like when people remember to have fun. I'm driving through western Oklahoma, and I see a bald eagle. Just kind of, it looked, I, I noticed it because it's kind of hovering over the interstate, just off to the side of the interstate. It's trying to fly into the wind. I mean, it was you can't mistake the markings of a bald eagle, DJ. But it's a bald eagle flying against the wind over a herd of bison. On my way to Amarillo, and the thought, I go, this is a country music song. Somebody <laughs> needs to write this right <laughs> It was the most American thing I've ever seen in my Did life. Did you drive with one hand over your heart? Yeah, I could hear Lee Greenwood in my subconscious. T-Row and TJ on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Davis takes the snap from center. Keeps the ball, pitches it to Washington. Washington cuts to the 30, 35, the 40, go Joe, 45, 50. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. How about that? 75 yards to the house for Joe Washington. 78. 78 yards to the house? Joe says it's 78. Don't right. shortchange him. I'm not. Did you even yeah, get I touched? Did every yard I can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you get touched on that? Yeah. Guy wiped wipe, wipe his hand across my belly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, plus, plus, I had the ball here, and I just did it like I moved it up. Just move it around all the time. You love know? it. Love it. Oh, we're here with uh, Joe Washington, who's signing autographs, promoting the uh, smoke through a keyhole. Tell us about the cigar, which, by the way, special guest as well, Rufus Alexander's in the house. In the house, Rufus. Enjoying cigars my man, Joe Washington, <laughs> man. It's always awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, tell us about the cigar, man. When, well, first, when did that get rolling? Well, first of all, I just want to let folks know, hey, I am not an expert at cigars. Okay. I know what I like. You know, you can tell that, you know, some are what you like, some what you don't. I think a lot had to do with me choosing this was a nickname that Darrell gave me. Yeah. Smoke through a keyhole. That's right. And the, re- the, re- the way he came out, I heard, I heard him tell a story. He said, you've got a whole bunch of ga- old gamblers in the room. They got a lot of money on the table. They got their guns and pistols on the table. And they're smoking. And they lock all the doors because the stakes are high so nobody can get out. Right. The only thing that can get out is smoke through a keyhole. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good story. I love it. Hey, so, you know, I did used to abuse a few Texicans, you know. I know you did. I, I mean, and, and like I said, y'all know what that means. Yeah, that means you beat them four times, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's that's the horns up. Beat them. Can't he beat them four times? Beat them four straight. <laughs> so we thought it would be cool, you know, to have a cigar named that. And I said, now that is cool. Hey. All these other folks got cigars with, I don't know, where do they get these names, but smoke through a keyhole, that's cool. That's pretty cool. No, that is cool. Not only is that cool, you don't have to smoke the thing. You just put it between your fingers, you sit back, and you look cool because you're smoking a cool cigar. I like it. So that's all, that's what it's about. So I'm not promoting smoking, but. It's okay, You're promoting looking cool, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I That's like it. it. That's I like it. it. Tell me about that run. So that was 78 yards. Uh, what what year was that? What game was that? 75 against Missouri. We had just lost to Kansas. Is that this? Y'all lost to Kansas. We lost to Kansas. Oh, that was the only loss that year, right? Yeah. Now, they were good, but we fumbled the ball probably. Like 8 or 12 times, something crazy like no, that? No, 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 no. Hey, that was that was a norm, 8 or 12. Hell, we fumbled that ball <laughs> almost 14 times. <laughs> and we lost, uh, we lost, I think we only recovered two. Not only that, we threw two interceptions. Woo. <laughs> And had two, on the two passes you hey, threw that day? It had two block kicks. Oh, man. Oh, man. What was going on? Oh, I was Coach hey. Switzer in the locker room after that one. You know what? Let me tell you. He, hey, he was yeah, – I'm going to tell you. He, here's a speech. He said, men, he was ridden this gravy train for a long time. Kansas is a good game. He told us, you know, to keep our heads up. And – I could see all our guys back there saying, you know, are you kidding me? Keep your heads up. He, you, know, you know, we were expecting some fiery, you know, keep you this going and everything. And he came in and just told it like it was. Yeah. You know, we obviously didn't play that well. They played a very good game. We turned the ball over. You can't do that. You know, that kind of stuff there. I mean, you and, lost special uh, teams and the turnover battle. Can you, you believe that? Whole entire, all three phases. Yeah, all three phases, man. That's not Absolutely. Good. So, I'll tell you what's funny. And – it sounds like Coach Switzer was the same. Rufus, I know uh, you remember this. After a win, coaches are brutal, right, because they don't want you to get the big head. So that film after a win Too late. We brutal. already had the big head. <laughs> I know. After a loss, though, you walk in usually expecting to get, get just killed, and it's like, oh, you know, it's not, not too bad here. We, you, it's it's weird. They try and uh, – they're messing with your emotions at all times no matter what. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you what. When we when, – when we won a game, he was the same way he would, yeah. because we expected to win. And we practiced to win football games. And, you know, that's basically, hey, you know, coaches always talk about Switzer being, you know, a player's coach. Yes. Yes, he was. He was one of those guys that could understand, you know, position. He had rules, but he approached him as, a, you know, with you as an individual. And I think it probably came more of Phil. Like, if yeah. you feel your team is tearing themselves up after a loss, you don't have to choose anybody yeah. out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the 99 team where guys are trying to learn how to win and yeah. all that stuff, every loss came with a brutal consequences of you're, we're not doing this, this is not good, this is unacceptable, and mm-hmm. then you get a culture of expecting to win and you lose, you're coming in there and nobody's saying nothing, everybody's mad, everybody's upset, everybody's – They've already picked it all picked apart Picked it all apart yeah. saying, hey, man, we got to hold each other accountable – and if you don't have that, then every loss has to be a display of showing accountability, forcing accountability, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I'm sure Joe Washington at that time, y'all had guys before you that showed you how to do it. Yeah. Well, had me, the accountability, what, all that you, stuff. Let me tell you this. I played for my dad. Nothing can be tougher than playing for your dad because you get it 24 hours a day. I rode to school with my dad 12 years straight. I was with my dad every day. And one of the things that I always learned and I understood, coaches are the weirdest SOBs on the planet, Mm -hmm. him included, you know what I mean? And the one thing that he taught me was this. Don't let a coach expect more of you than you do yourself. Yeah. 
and 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 I, and and that that always stuck with me. You know, no matter you know what a coach thought of me or what he thought of me or what I what he thought he thought I thought of of me. That's still not the case because I always felt that I'm better than that. He can't even imagine what I go through to get ready for a game. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He, mentally, he can see physically out there on the practice field, which you know I was. But that helped me because when I got to the pros, after after playing on all these winning teams, I wasn't on a winning team until I went to the Super Bowl in 82. So I was uh, my seventh year. Yeah, and you know you just hey you just have to understand that you can control you, all that other stuff you know you can't worry I'm, about. I'm sure it was easy for you. Sometimes you kind of almost take winning for granted when you leave from Oklahoma and go and play yeah. into the league and stuff because when I got to Minnesota, it was kind of a little different because you would yes. up and down winning games and stuff like that. I'm sure you were in Detroit. Oh, it's brutal. So it's brutal every day coming in, and you're so used to the winning tradition of what you had. And I tell people, it's like, man, do you remember all the tackles? All the I'm like, what haunts me is the USC game. Yeah. I mean, what I could have yeah. done better, the missed tackles, the games we lost, playing against Colt McCoy and having a chance to win and things I could have done better, um, not fitting the counter right or taking out a guy's leg instead of staying up or whatever. I mean, just all those things replay in my mind of how I could have done better. It was never about the tackles, the accolades, or all that stuff. It was always – what check I could have made better. Always. And yeah. it was and it was the crazy thing is it was programmed from the guys in front of me. Because I remember watching you guys in film. It was all it was Coach, Coach V would go from we're playing a you play a game, you dominate somebody, and then you go to a play where you mess up at and he is like all this over. we cannot accept this. This is not <laughs> right. gonna and you're like we crush these dudes, but you're you remember those mistakes and it gets you prepared for Mistakes you may make in life, too, as well. That's right. And learning how to overcome those things and always holding yourself accountable. Self-accountability was a, a big thing that I learned from the older guys when I played. I, I know just by hearing you talk, you're the same as me. Like, any time you see a highlight film uh, of yourself or of anyone else, too, it's like get your head across. Yep. Uh, bad step to start <laughs> off. Where were your eyes? Uh, the lines, the fronts called wrong. Like, you we, know watched, we watched the 12-0 game uh, when we beat Texas. Yeah. Uh, Vince Young and, uh, I mean, I was watching it. And I was like, oh, man, bad step right there. Yeah. Man, I should have got over the top right. Man, I could have rocked back. Oh, what was the call right here? Oh, we was giving him a green. That's why I was out in the backside. But you know, but say, but see, it was so that, crazy. But that's what made, you know, you special. Hey, pull that mo- yeah, yeah, there you go. Pull but see, up. that's what made you special, you know, to be able to accomplish what you accomplished. Like I say, expecting more of yourself than anybody else. Because, you know, hey, like my dad used to say, hey, you can fool a whole lot of people, but you can't fool yourself. That's nope. right. Can't Cannot. do it. Cannot do it. What's your favorite game you ever played in? Oh, gee, golly. You know that? I did all my years. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Where'd it go, Teddy? I mean, he's doing his homework, asking these questions that you have to think about. Um. Usually it's just uh, it's something random, you know. It's you know, there's always big game like the Texas games are always big and yeah. bowl games are always big. But sometimes there's just whether it's something, you know, personally you happen to be going through at the time or mm-hmm. the team or or whatever. There's just sometimes right. there's random games. Now you've said all of that. For me, first of all, I enjoyed running with the football. Mm-hmm. 
I always wanted to make sure that I was different. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I did or tried things with my, you know, with my imagination to do something that nobody would even think about doing. So with that being said, it was against Kansas State. I think uh, uh, we were playing them here in, in Norman. My junior year and I felt that I walked on air on that and I remember that because I ran a little belly play and I made a, I, I, I planted my right foot I cut up the center and I turned around and I turned my back because I needed to go back to the left and I felt like I was walking on air you had it that day, huh? Yeah, that's like the, it's in the video. From the video that Coach Stoops would play for us, uh, yeah. I feel the earth move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, when he did the little play, when he stepped in and went around and oh, spun yeah. and went back the other way. That's right. That was that play. That's right. It was only a four-yard run, but yeah, hey, I, it was, I do remember that. Everybody in the room was like crazy, like, oh! Well, yeah, that was a four-yard run. Like the One of the greatest plays that I've ever witnessed is that USC punt return, and I, you know, I don't know what the net on it was. I don't care what the net. I on just it heard was. it was two yards. <laughs> the best two yard <laughs> punt return in the history of the game. Uh, I'll tell you, my first. So whenever I showed up to OU, I didn't know much about the history at all. And now, where are you from? I'm from I'm from Oklahoma, Fort from Gibson. Fort Gibson, Oklahoma. Gibson. Oh shit! Two step ten. The first thing I saw was there was a picture in the hallway. Of you hurdling the guy, was it Missouri or was it? Uh, it was Kansas. It was, was Kansas it, guy. Are you sure? I thought it was. Uh, it's either Kansas or Utah State. Okay. Yeah, more likely it was Utah State because that was the first. That was the first hurl that people saw me hurdling. Yeah. In the well, yeah. there's a picture of it in there, and I remember I was just like staring at it one day because the dude's like standing straight up and down, and he's hurdling over the top of him. I was like, oh my god! And someone walked up behind me. He's like, you know who that is? I was like, no. Nah. That's Joe Washington. That was my first. Uh, that was my first introduction. He just made an old man's day. You know that? <laughs> Dude, it's I haven't seen that picture since probably since I left OU. But I remember I used it was in the hallway outside of our team meeting room. Used to look at it all the time. And and you, like, you know what was crazy is Coach Stoops had a way of reminding like young kids that were coming in thinking they were superstars. Yes, like, he used to do hey, that. there are guys that played here before you that were. Amazing! You yep. think you read? You invented football? You think you've done something? Look at these guys. I remember he showed the clips of Jackie Ship and George Cumby in there at one point, and and George Cumby. George Cumby is is bro. He could dude. I, George Cumby and um uh oh gosh, why am I drawing? Uh, Daryl Hunt played together. Yes, yes. I watched that yes. whole uh pretty much that whole season. On doing those flat, these flashback shows, mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't care what anyone says. The list starts with George Cumbie. That's George where. Hey, let me tell you. Ross Shaw yeah, too. Yes. Hey, now, oh, oh. American. George was a monster, three, right? Yeah, but let me tell you what, Rod Show. He invented. He well, no, he reinvented the position. Mm -hmm. And the one thing you know, most of our linebackers were all, they all played running back in high school too yep. you know what i mean yeah and these guys they ran you down same same type of vision oh, anticipate absolutely the yep. absolutely yep. i mean it, it was just great and see we used to love to watch our defense and i love to watch defense being an offensive player you can appreciate 
guys, you know, their techniques, you know, and linebackers going down the line, finding out which hole, knowing that guys can cut back and you've got to, I mean, the game just just fascinated me. And watching you guys play, you know, you all brought another level too because you all had some good defensive doggone linemen. Yeah. You know, to take and to be able to win, you know, the games yep. you won and shut down the people that you guys shut down, shoot. Hey, when you guys got that said, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Yes, sir. Uh, good stuff. All right, we got to hit a quick timeout. Um, come and see us here at Ash Cigar Lounge. We're on Broadway, 712 North Broadway on the east side. Can't miss us. Really cool atmosphere in here. Guys just hanging out. There's TVs on the wall. we got a bartender making drinks. they got signature cocktails, uh, fine cigars, and... Smoke through a keyhole. We got that going on here. <laughs> Joe Washington signing some autographs as well. Stay tuned. We'll be back. It is the Rush on the Ref. We are the Rush brought to you by Pacifico. Pacifico, let it remind you to live life. Anchors up. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, and it is time for What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Well, first, let me uh, give a quick shout-out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, is uh, running the show over there. They do an outstanding job, uh, whether it's repairs, replacements, the guys at Roof Tech can uh, take the best care of you and uh, handle any of your roofing needs. Um, I'm light on material on things that caught my eye today, Tyler, except for the ESPN uh, revised way too early top 25. Uh, I like this team, but Utah at number four, yeah, what's I'm not buying that. I'm not buying. Well, you know what's going on there. They they won the conference last year. They have a returning quarterback, and they scored a lot of points in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. So I'm not shocked at all that ESPN is going for the obvious bait and putting Utah in the top five. Now, I think Utah is going to be a really good football team. Don't get me wrong, but if you ask me, you know, January 21st, who is going to win the Pac-12? I would have probably said Utah and not, you know, thought very hard about it. But on April mm-hmm. 21st, I think Oregon might be the best team in the Pac-12, not Utah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still – like I think Utah's approach – or, excuse me, Oregon's approach is going to be big time. And they've, had, they've already got some really good talent uh, on hand there. Um, I think their approach is, is going to ultimately have them owning the, the Pac-12 – I'm giving it a year, though, for that to really take place. I got to see what they've got at quarterback because I know Utah has quarterback. Um, they play tough. They're good physical running game, good defense. And I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I just thought that that was 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 pretty interesting to have them all the way up there at four, and then A and M, which I thought was yeah, was bad. crazy. And maybe we can get into a little bit more of that later. But I, that one just kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, 
But the other thing that I had was Texas, I guess, is, and I don't know, maybe they always have, but sounds like people are saying that Texas is now taking the lead on Arch Manning. Yeah, um, that's been going. You're, you're getting that via on three, their percentage. And right. it's, it's gone back and forth. Bama was the leader recently. I think that there is one reporter on that website that covers Texas that is really kind of like he, he put in his confidence pick for Arch Manning. I think it was like 70% towards Texas. It feels like that's weighing heavily into things. I, I'm, I'm going to say what I've said the entire time. I don't think there's any way the Manning family goes to the dumpster fire that's Texas. Now, it does sound like right. for Arch, there are three teams in contention. LSU's trying to get in. Um, Ole Miss is trying to get in. But it's Georgia, it's Alabama, and it's Texas. And I still think Alabama wins out in the end, especially after another bad season by Texas this year. I just don't feel like that that place is what the Manning family is all about. I feel like it's Alabama, and if it's not Bama, I think it might be even uh, Georgia over UT. It seems like a very, very odd pick to go to a place like Texas. Um I, I don't I don't know, but I guess you never know. We'll see. Uh, but I, I thought that was interesting. You have anything? Yeah, I, I got several things. Uh, worst case scenario might just happen in the U.S. Uh-oh. Yeah. So on Tuesday, Netflix reported a loss of 200,000 subscribers Ooh. during the first quarter. Um, its first decline in paid users in more than a decade. Now... They have a theory about this. Netflix estimates 100 million households are sharing passwords, and they are suggesting a global crackdown is coming. Uh-oh. How do you think people respond to that? Like, if you're crack, if, if they crack down on the on the sharing the password, are they going to get that many more people sign up or are they going to get that much less people using the product? <laughs> Everyone's so cheap nowadays. I don't think anyone's doing the twelve ninety nine or whatever it is to sign up themselves. They'll find another like, way to pirate it. Here's what's in- interesting is like Netflix obviously kind of invented that, that realm, right? And maybe there was other people doing it, but they moved from the movies – that would show up in the mail to where you could stream everything, and it was new, and everyone signed up, and everyone loved it. But gosh, that's a that is a busy, busy segment now. Every single channel has their streaming stuff as well that you got to pay for. And you know, at first it was a it was a way to save money from going the cable route, but now it looks like, in my opinion, cable's the best option money-wise because yeah. if you want access to all of the content that you really want out there, cable's really the only way to get the majority of it for one easy price. And, I mean, I'm not saying the price is low, but, my goodness, we talk all the time about, you know, you got 10 different streaming channels that you're paying for it. That piles up pretty quick. Next one I have, just like Phil said off the hangover, he's still got it, baby. Iron Mike Tyson has still got it. And we all saw that via the internet after he pummeled some dude on an airplane yesterday. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, you gotta be you gotta be really drunk to 
to like push it past the limit with Mike Tyson. Like you got to know you're 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 walking with a, a grenade that's already had the pin pulled at any time, right? <laughs> with Mike Tyson, he did get a face tattoo. Keep, Don't mess with the guy with the face tattoo. Yeah. And you're going to keep on on a on a plane. Like you you knew what was coming. I I got no problem with it. I hope uh, I hope he doesn't get in trouble. Uh, I hope he doesn't either, but I, I'm going to guess that that's going to happen. All right, last one. Yeah. I have surprising news in college basketball yesterday. Jay Wright, who's won a couple national championships here recently, uh, yeah. retired at Villanova. Now, in the past 18 months, that's Jay Wright, that's Mike Krzyzewski, at least we think, yeah. and that's True. Roy Williams. Is this new NIL – driving out some of these older coaches in the game because they don't want to have to deal with all this crap. Is it that? Or is it the NCAA investigation that has been kind of hanging there? And it's like, you can either retire or you can be there whenever the hammer's brought down. Well, it didn't stop Kansas. Kansas is operating just as life is normal and won a championship this year. But I hear you. The most surprising news out of all this, though, is that Jay Wright is 60 years old. That dude looked yeah. like 10 years younger, 15 years younger, did he, he did. not? Good for him. Yeah. No, he looks good. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting, though. I mean, I can't, I can't remember. It's probably never happened whenever you've had like that many big-name coaches like in college football – you know, step away in that short of amount of time. I mean, there's there's got to be something to that, right? Yeah, I, I think that there's NIL has got to be a reason. But, man, I, maybe you're more onto something with this whole investigation because Villanova just got back to a Final Four this year. I mean, they, they have it – they got it rolling right now. It's just kind of weird that you would leave it when seemingly they've still got more championship runs ahead of them. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I would feel like the the big programs, just like in the football NIL world, like the big programs should be more okay with it than the small programs because they're going to have access to more um, more capital and a fan base that's going to be able to put NIL stuff together. But I don't know. It is interesting. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next here from Ash Cigar Lounge. Cavis Construction, bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Thursday. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance, even 24-7 emergency repairs. Gary and the team over there at Cavins can do it. 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Or check them out, CavinsConstruction.com. Appreciate Jill Washington for hopping on with us uh, earlier in the show. 
And I, I guess we've never really had this debate before. I, we, we have a time or two. But who is the best football team in, in OU history? Well, one of Joe's teams in 1974 might have a pretty good claim to that, dude. Check out this team. Yeah. Steve Davis at quarterback. Joe right. Washington. Elvis Peacock. Tinker mm-hmm. Owens at wide receiver. Mike USS Vaughn up front. Jimbo yep. Elrod, the Selman brothers, Rod yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the 74 team you said? Yeah, that's um, it's pretty good, man. That's pretty stout. You, yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why they went back to back. Whether, right? whether um, uh, that's the winner or not, you can't come at me and say, dude, no way the 74 team is the best. Like, you can't argue against that list of names that's legendary man didn't we i feel like we went through whenever we went through that and they didn't win a championship but wasn't the 72 team also one of them that we had real high 71 is who you're thinking was it 71 like jack mildren and 71 had the amazing offense a great defense they just lost to nebraska that year the game of the century yeah teddy i I think if the 71 team beats Nebraska and wins the title, they might be widely known as the best team ever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's cool, though. It's good stuff. Um, it was awesome listening to some of those stories, right, and just just letting him vamp a little bit and go. It's, it's fun, man, and I don't know. I, I think that there's a little bit of some of the old mindset that's creeping back into the program which i think is hey i'm always for being uh new and innovative and cutting edge but sometimes when when it's been when when it's been done a certain way for a really long time you gotta you gotta hold true to that to a certain point don't you hey uh turnip seed said that bv's the closest thing to nick saban he's seen he's been saying it for nine years that's something well, we'll see. We'll see. That could be something. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got the final hour next here from Ash Cigar Lounge. <laughs> 